0: Welcome to the Teen Talks Reality Podcast. It's your girl Mills, and we talk all things health, wellness, and of course, all things teens. We talk all things from friendships, relationships, high school periods, boys' sex, girls, it all gets talked about here. Just think of me as your big sister. I'm so excited you've joined me here for another episode. So today I interviewed Kia Melverton. Kia Melverton recently represented Australia at the Olympics in swimming. She finaled in two events and I had a chat to her and I'm super excited for you guys to listen. Hello Kia, welcome to the Teen Talks Reality Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks so
1: much for having me. I'm very excited.
0: Yeah, so you've just been to the Olympics. It's all a bit crazy. Um, are you still training at the moment?
1: Um, yeah, so I think I had like four weeks out of the water, maybe five. Quarantine took two weeks of that and then I've just started to get back in now but i'm just doing really easy stuff just plodding up and down trying to stay in the water and do things. yeah for
0: sure so how are you after the olympics and tell us a bit about yourself yeah yeah no
1: I'm, I'm really good um for those who don't know me i'm kim elton i'm a swimmer um i race the long distance events so the 800 the 1500 all that fun stuff um yeah no coming back from the olympics was a very weird experience it's a big adjustment coming back from something as big as the olympics and being surrounded by all these people and then all of a sudden you're kind of you're not with them anymore and it's it's a very very weird feeling and it takes a while to readjust but i think i'm slowly starting to readjust back into normal routine and get it back together and going back to the pool has definitely helped with that so i'm back to swimming and then doing uni during the day and then swimming but you yeah, know it, it was a really cool experience and i'm super super grateful that i got to go
0: yeah, for sure. Well, I'm so grateful you took the time out of your day. Obviously, in between those swimming hours, I'm sure so many other girls listening would be so grateful that you're on. I'm a swimmer too, so I have a lot of swimmers listening to this podcast as well. Um, but what was the experience like with no crowd um, at the Olympics and COVID restrictions? How did it feel?
1: Yeah, it, it was a very, very different Olympics. Um I mean, I can't speak from experience myself. This is my first. But just hearing what the other guys had to say, it was a very, very different experience. Um, Everywhere you went, you had a mask on your face. You were using hand sanitizer every 10 steps probably. It was everywhere. Um, The no crowd thing, it, it wasn't too strange. I think the pool had one of the best atmospheres out of any of the stadiums because the athletes that weren't competing were able to go up to the stands and watch. So we ended up having quite a big group in the stands. And I mean, when you're walking out for a heat or a final or whatever it is, you're so nervous anyway that you yeah. can't even focus on the crowd. You don't even realize what's going on. So, I mean, like I personally didn't really notice it that much and I don't think it affected too much of the other swimmers. I think swimming's a unique sport. We've got our head in the water, so we can't necessarily hear the crowd while we're racing. But there was definitely enough of an atmosphere there just from the other teams and the swimmers that weren't competing. So yeah. by the last night, you had no that like you wouldn't even know that there wasn't a full stadium.
0: Yeah, for sure. And were the nerves like more than usual since it was like an Olympics? And how did you deal with the nerves? I I couldn't imagine how it feels. I mean, I go to a state final and I'm like stressing out, so I couldn't imagine how it would feel. Um, I think the nerves,
1: yeah, they probably were definitely more. I think I was probably more nervous for trials than I was for the Olympics. To yeah. be honest, I think. Um, just trying to get on the team that was my big goal and then once I got to Olympics I was like okay sweet now I can just get in and swim and I think it's about having ways to manage your own nerves and knowing how they affect you and for me it's trying to use those nerves as energy and try to translate that into swimming fast and like I mean nerves are good nerves means that you care about what you're going to do so using that to try to translate that into energy and not letting it get too overwhelming you know if I'm feeling really really nervous or something like that I'll talk to my coach and talk to him about how I'm feeling and he usually settles me down pretty quickly so I think it's just finding out what works for you and using those tools to manage your own nerves but never think that nerves are a bad thing because nerves just means that you care and if you care then you've obviously put a lot of effort into it
0: yeah did you have like that true belief within you at the trials that you were gonna make make the olympics how did you feel i mean you had a lot of events to kind of figure it out
1: yeah yeah that's the thing um like i always knew i had a good chance and i had the four eight and the 15 where i was ranked i think second going into the 400 second in the eight and second in the 1500 so i was obviously right there but an olympic trials anything can happen um it's it's insane the amount of pressure that you feel at an olympic trials it's unlike anything i've ever felt before it's very different to a nationals or a world's trials. Um, Everyone is getting in that pool and doing absolutely everything they can to get on the team. No one wants it more than anyone else. Um, Everyone's giving 110% in that pool. So it is. And I think I walked out for that 400 free and I kind of thought the 400 might have been one of my better chances to make the team. And then um, obviously Tansen swam really well on one of the outside lanes and she was second and I was third. And I mean, super happy for her. One of my best friends, I got along with her so well.
0: Yeah, I know, I can tell you guys. Was it your first time like really meeting? Well, obviously you've been on the swim teams for a long time, but she's grown to be one of your really good friends now, hasn't she?
1: Yeah, so we had known each other a few years ago, maybe 2016, we used to race each other and things like that. And then she took a break from swimming and only recently just came back. So it wasn't until this team that we were actually able to travel together and spend a lot of time together and yeah we just instantly clicked so i was obviously so so happy that she was on the team with me but then going back to trials i had to kind of wrap my head around not having made it in the 400 i did a pb but i didn't qualify for the team and knowing that i had the 1500 maybe two or three days later i was like okay how am i going to wrap my head around this how am i going to refocus for the 1500 where I was almost worried that I hadn't done enough work for the 1500. So I'd been putting all this effort into the 400 and the 800. And then so I had to readjust how I was thinking and get ready for the 1500. And I just went in there with the, I've got nothing to lose at this point. I've already felt disappointed after the 400. I've got nothing left to lose. If I don't make the 15, I've still got the eight to come. It's a perfect opportunity to get in and race hard. And I was lucky enough that I did get my hand on the wall second in the 1500 qualified. And then that meant that on the 800 all the pressure was taking off and I had one of the best races I've probably ever had in my life in the 800. And it was just because I felt so much more relaxed. Yeah. So yeah, the uh, trials is just a whole different experience. And I think someone said to me that the warm down pool at trials is half chlorine, half tears, because there's just emotions everywhere. And it's just a very emotional week. It's a roller coaster. It's up and down. So yeah, it's completely different experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So like, How did that pressure feel? Did you feel like you had pressure from others or was it mainly pressure you put on yourself to make the team? I think it was mostly pressure from myself.
1: My coach never explicitly said like, I I want you on this team. I want you to do this. I mean, I knew he knew that I wanted to be on the team. He knew that was my goal. My parents knew I wanted to be on the team. My partner knew that I wanted to be on the team. But At the end of the day, I knew that if I didn't, they would all treat me exactly the same and they would all love me exactly the same and all that kind of stuff. So I think that having that attitude means you can just go into a race and do what you need to do without feeling the outside pressure. But it is hard. I mean, you'd get it. You put a lot of internal pressure on yourself and you know what you want to do and you're disappointed if you don't do it. So. That's also really hard to deal with. But I think it's more the internal pressure that gets to me, not the external pressure.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like mentally, I find you so strong. Obviously, you're a distance swimmer, one of the hardest. I was doing distance like a few years ago, and <laughs> it's hard. Mental strengths you must have to go from that 400, not making the team, and then like recouping yourself to, I mean, make the team finally. But I really want to know this. I found it so interesting to know. Who everyone was rooming with at the Olympics?
1: I mean, I can go through all the rooms if you really want to know who <laughs> everyone was rooming with. Um, in in my room, I was by myself for most of the time actually. So we have an apartment, and then we had rooms within the apartment. So each apartment had three or four rooms, and I was by myself most of the time until Karina Lee, the open water swimmer, came in, and then so we were in the same bedroom. And then I was also had Bronte Campbell in a bedroom, uh, Maddie Goff, and Chelsea Hodges. Oh. we actually had a very good room yeah so we had like a mix of Bronte with the experience and like she, knew what, she knows what she's doing she's been to three Olympics and then me Chelsea and Maddie obviously our first Olympics and it was just a very fun relaxed apartment.
0: Yeah oh awesome so like how did you feel with the Olympics being held back a year because of COVID like do you think it helped you or do you think it like? obviously it didn't hinder you at all because you still made the team, but how, how did you cope with initially knowing that the Olympics was canceled? Um, yeah, it was,
1: it was, it was, it was a very weird feeling. I think I remember we kind of got a text message on a Monday afternoon. I think it was, and they were like, yeah, they, they canceled the Olympics. And we kind of, all the swimmers kind of messaged each other. We were like, do we even go to training this afternoon? Like, what's the point? Do we even rock up to the pool? And then I think our coach messaged us and he's like, come into the pool for a meeting. And then we were like, do we take our bags in? Do we take our swimmers? Like, are we even <laughs> going to be getting in the pool? So everyone kind, of, everyone kind of walked in that afternoon knowing what would be said and that it would be cancelled. And I think that like the reality kind of hit and everyone was kind of like in two minds. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have a big break now. This is it. Like, I'm just going to rest for a bit. Or everyone went into the, oh my God, I need to keep training because what if they all of a sudden decide that they're just going to put it up in two months? So we, at that point, we didn't really know when it was going to be postponed. And I think I, I, I along with a few of the others, went a little bit crazy in training. And we just, we did ocean swims all the time. We were running, we were doing anything we could um, in lockdown. But yeah, it was it was weird. And I, I was swimming really well at that point. I was swimming really well coming into um, 2020. I'd swim really well in America, 2019 US Nationals. We went over and did a trip and I was swimming really well and I had a lot of confidence. And then to have that happen, it kind of like, was a little bit of a hit and I was like oh crap like I don't know if I could maintain what I've been doing for a whole nother year but I mean having that as much as it wasn't a break it was a break from the pool we got to swim in the ocean and we got to do some different training and I think that actually really benefited me um as we got closer and closer to the trials because I'd done something else and I'd been away from the pool for so long so I was a little bit more mentally refreshed going into the trial yeah
0: yeah for sure it's good to have a little break. And do you think having Maddie Goff there, another high class in your um, events is really good to train with at TSS?
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't think either of us would be where we are if we didn't have each other. There's another girl Moesha Johnson as well. She's some amazing oh, at class. trials. Um, was She was third in the 1500. Um, She did a huge PB and credit to her. She put in the hard work and God knows what she's gonna do in the next few years. Maddie as well. Um. But yeah, I think having the three of us training together, like we all push each other, and there's not a session where you can just relax and let them go because if if you're relaxed, they they're getting further and further ahead of you, and the three of us all knew that, so we just really push each other, and I think it was good. You know, it really brought the best out of each other, and it really got us to where we could in the 1500 and the 800.
0: Yeah, and especially like you know how they train, you know how they race, like to work off them, I guess, in an Olympic final. Would be, oh wait, weren't you like at each end of the pool anyway? in the? Yeah, so Maddie and I were
1: in like complete opposite sides of the pool. Like I think we were like lane one and lane eight. And I, Maddie and I don't often swim 1500s not next to each other. So yeah. we're always like lane four or five or five and six or four and three. And I think in Worlds in 2019, one of the girls pulled out and then Maddie and I ended up swimming next to each other. And my coach kind of said, oh my god I just want you two to swim at 1500 not next to each other because before Olympic trials all I'd ever done was sit next to her and I would yeah. just race off her obviously at Olympic trials she had the race of her life and took it out and did exactly what she needed to do and you know we'd, we'd never had that chance to not swim next to each other so it was kind of nice you know we got to sit next to each other and marshalling and walk out together but we were on complete opposite sides of the pool so we couldn't really see what each other was doing.
0: Yeah, you guys you, I can definitely tell you guys sort of swim off each other in a race. You're always a bit like that. Um but I would also love to talk about like your childhood and teenage years, like growing up into swimming as well. Um so like what got you into swimming and when did you start?
1: Yeah, so I actually did surf lifesaving for most of my life. So ah. I was in a surf lifesaving club until I was I want to say 16, maybe 17. And then I decided to focus on swimming. So I'd always been swimming that whole time through, but it was never really a big focus for me. I, um, I sung really well when I was about 10 and then didn't do anything again until I was about 16. So that time in the middle, you know, I wasn't doing PBs. I wasn't making teams. I wasn't making nationals. I wasn't making state, any of that kind of stuff. So I think when I was 14, I qualified for my first age nationals. Didn't go. Wanted to do surf lifesaving instead. Mom was like, yep, cool. I don't want to pay to go to Adelaide for you to swim in 800 freestyle anyway. We'll just stay here and you can go to Aussies instead. Um, 15 qualified for my first age nationals in the 800 and maybe one other event, but that was in Brisbane. So we went and did that. And then 16 was the first year that I like qualified for a few events and swam really well. And then I was like, oh, hang on. Like maybe I could actually focus on swimming. Like maybe there is a career in swimming, maybe that's what I am good at. And from that point on, I started really, really focusing on swimming. I was still doing self saving on the side for another two years, but swimming was the focus. And I think I just had such a different lead up to my swimming career than a lot of my friends. Like I have friends that were swimming at age nationals when they were 11, 12, and I've been swimming up there for such a high level. And I didn't get to that level until I was 15, 16. And I didn't make my first senior team until 2016 which was the short course nationals which is the team at the end of the olympic year hmm. so all the guys who have gone to the olympics are kind of having their break and i just managed to sneak onto this world short course team and it was kind of then that my coach sat me down and he's like okay you've made a senior team i don't want you to miss a senior team from now on and so that was my goal moving forward but i i wasn't swimming successfully at a super high level until i was in my late teens and i think that's important you know for some of your younger listeners, like I have some of the 13, 14 year old girls coming up to me at the pool saying, when you were my age, like, did you want to go to the Olympics? How many sessions were you doing? And I was like, I like the Olympics. Yeah. Like I remember watching it on TV, but it wasn't a goal of mine. Like it wasn't something that I was working towards. It wasn't something that I realized I could do until I was maybe 19, 20. It wasn't a a dream of mine you know, like as a little kid, you watch the Olympics growing up and you're like, oh, that's so cool. Like I'd love to go, but it didn't really come and become an actual goal until I was like 19, 20. And yeah. I just told these like young girls, you know, like get in there and just have fun. You know, you don't need to be the best at your sport at 13, 14. You have such a long career ahead of you.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like, even when you like, I guess peak so young or like are up there from so young it's hard to stay up there as well and I guess I've really noticed that that it's hard to stay at that high level so I guess it's not always a bad thing peaking late or whatever or noticing that you want to do it a little bit later as well but like with SLS and doing self-lifesaving do you think that was it like a really hard choice for you to stop doing SLS and just focus on swimming or did it sort of come easy like oh okay this is what I want now like I sort of got to push it
1: to the side um no it was a super high choice for me and I didn't really give up surf life saving for a very long time you know I was still trying to go down to the beach when I could and if we had a Saturday afternoon session that was a little bit later at the beach I'd do that after training and if I wasn't swimming training on a Thursday morning I'd go and do a board session and you know I still wanted to be involved in that community and I still wanted to go in and even if I was just going down to do the swims for teams and you know I'd do the surf swim or I'd swim in a board rescue or things like that I just wanted to be involved and it's because I had so much fun in that growing up and I had so many good friends and it was just such a good community and such a good atmosphere and the training was fun and I just really enjoyed it and so it was really hard for me to give it up it wasn't until I went to an age nationals and swam well and came away with a few gold medals that I was like hang on like you need to like decide what you want to focus on but yeah it was super hard for me to make that decision
0: yeah well definitely would have been um when did motivation I mean, motivation doesn't always come easy, but when did it start to become easier for you to just because obviously you had your headset now on the Olympic dream, did did motivation eventually become easier?
1: Um, I don't think motivation ever becomes easy. I think you just um you go through those days where the motivation's hard, you know, you have to set little goals for yourself and not you know, but those days when you don't want to go to the pool in the afternoons. I've had so many afternoons where I've driven to the pool on the verge of tears because I didn't want to go and I just didn't want to be there. But I'm like, no, okay, if you just go and you get through the session and you do two little things right, you're getting something out of that session and that's what's going to get you to the Olympics. So it's always like re-centering yourself back onto those big goals. But I don't think motivation comes easy for anyone. I don't think anyone could stand here and say, yeah, I'm motivated every single day. Most mornings I get out of bed before I even think about what I'm doing and I don't even realise it and then I'm at the pool and I have no choice but to get in the water. So, you know, I, I just don't think it comes easy to anyone. It's about on those hard days where it is really hard for you to be motivated and you're struggling with setting those goals. You know, you've got to bring yourself back to why. Like, why am I doing this? How much do I want this? What does this mean to me? And if it gets to the point where you are really, really struggling with motivation talk to a coach, talk to a parent, talk to a friend. You know, you have all these people that are going through the same thing as you and take a break. If you need one to two days off to refocus yourself and recenter yourself and find that motivation, give yourself a break from rocking up to the pool every day. Like if if that's what you need to make you feel better and for the next three months, then take it. I've messaged my coach multiple times and said, hey, I'm not coming in today. I need a mental health day. Like I'm just going to take a mental health day. I'm not coming in today. And sometimes that's the best thing that you can do is just take that break. And I think that's a big thing for your motivation. You know, if you need those breaks, take it. But if you're having those days where you think you can get through it, set really small goals. And I might go in and say, hey, today I'm going to do five turns at the end of the session and they're going to be really good. And then I've got something out of the session and that's all I need to do. I've ticked another session off the box.
0: Yeah. Well, that's so great. Like definitely setting yourself goals would be a big thing. And Avo sessions are a lot harder than morning sessions i agree oh when you've like just especially for me i've just come home from school i'm dead i don't want to go my friends are all hanging out it's annoying but like that's what i want to know how do you balance especially in high school how did you balance friendships high school i guess just being a normal teenager boys all the bitchiness that goes on like how did you deal with all of that kind of stuff
1: yeah, it's, it's hard. High school's a whole different experience, you know, and you're right in the thick of it. And um, yeah, it's, it's crazy, you know, you just really need to be focused on what you want and not let that outside noise get to you. And I know it's hard when on a Friday night, everyone's hanging out and you can't because you've got training and then you have to get up the next Saturday morning. And I know lots of people talk about sacrifices, but if if swimming's what you really want to do and it's what you really want to get out of yourself and that's what you want to do then you shouldn't be seeing it as a sacrifice you know swimming's your focus and, and it's taking those time to hang out with those friends and socialize and do all that stuff when you can if you work on your time management skills and you know you get everything done that you need to get done during the week and then Saturday morning training's finished you have Saturday afternoon and Sunday to do whatever you want go socialize with your friends like I know the last thing you wanna be doing on the weekend is catching up on homework and doing assignments. So if you can find ways to manage yourself during the week and then still find time to socialize, I think that's super important. It's important to switch off away from the pool and away from school and go out and do something fun. So I'm definitely not saying don't don't have a social life and you know distance yourself, because that's the last thing you wanna do. But I mean, I think it's just managing your time and being able to fit that in around swimming and making it work around swimming and around school. And if, yeah if you have good friends they're going to be understanding you know like your real friends are going to be understanding of what you want to do and they're not going to not keep talking to you or they're not going to kick you out of your friend group because you're not coming to every little social event like they're going to understand and they know that something's important to you and if they know that something's important to you and they're your real friends it's going to be important to them too
0: yeah and did that always come easy to you as you were growing up
1: um definitely not um it, it took it took a while to like really get into the routine of fitting everything together and, you know, hanging out with people outside of school. I distinctly remember we had a cross country carnival one year and all my friends were going to hang out after it. And all I wanted to do was hang out with them afterwards. And there was nothing more. Like I just did not want to go train that afternoon. Yeah. I just wanted to go to the beach with my friends and that's all I wanted to do. And I kind of had to take a moment to myself and sit there and go like, no, what do you really like? What's more important at this point in time? Is it going to sit with your friends that you've seen all day, you know, you've socialized with them? Like, what are you really going to miss out on by going to the beach for an hour and a half when everyone's just going to be sit there and talking? Or do you want to go to the session and really try and get the best out of yourself? So I think it's just like bringing it back into perspective, but it definitely doesn't come easy. And anyone that says that it comes naturally to them, I fully believe that they're lying. So, you know, it's just, it's a work in progress and, you know, it's never going to be perfect all the time, but if you're taking little steps to try to figure it out for yourself, then it'll work out in the end. Yeah.
0: And at the end of the day, if you when you went to that training session, you probably felt so much better that you went than if, if you didn't go. Let's be honest. That's how I always feel.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you get the reward of doing the right thing at the end of the day and you don't feel guilty and you're not sitting sitting in your room that night feeling guilty for not doing the session you know you feel a lot better off for doing the right thing so yeah
0: was there ever a time in like your swimming life or career that you were just like I don't want to do this anymore and just hated going to training hated everything about it and just mentally really struggled with the fact of being an athlete at any age really
1: yeah, so I have I have a little story actually leading up to com games. So com games were held on the Gold Coast in twenty eighteen. So all of us obviously in the squad were so excited for it. It was a home com games. Everyone wanted to be involved in it. And probably three months leading into that com games, I trained the worst I've ever trained in my entire life. I don't think I hit a pace fifty ever. Definitely didn't hit a pace hundred. It was swimming off slower rep times than I ever normally would. Could not get my head around it. Every single session I'd dive in and be like, okay, this is the one where you're going to be better. And it would just be horrible. Uh, like week after week after week, every single session was horrible. My coach kind of pulled me aside and he said, hey, at the end of every week on a Friday afternoon for 10 minutes, we're going to sit in my office and we're going to talk about how you feel. And we're going to try to figure out what's going on and see if we can find a way to deal with it. And the, every Friday afternoon, I'd sit in his office and I'd ball my eyes out and say, I hate it. I don't want to do it. This is stupid. I can't do it. I'm not swimming fast. So ended up going to see a sports psychologist, you know, all of those things to try to get my head back in the game. Went to con games, was still hadn't done anything special in training. It was just like this, like, at this point I had like kind of thrown it away. Yeah. Did the four, 400 free heats. I think I was ranked second or third. Missed the final. You know, I missed the final of the 400 free a trials. And I got out of the pool, started bawling my eyes out. And my coach said, no, nah, that's it. Go home. Do not come in tonight. Get away from the pool. You've got the 800 the next day. Go away. Do not think about swimming. Don't do anything. I think I went home, blasted some music, sat and did some colouring in and came back the next day and managed to qualify in the 800 freestyle. That's crazy. You know, you've, you've got to, just because of what you're doing in training is horrible. If you're still putting in the work like 100% of the work you know those results are going to come and I think it was just really hard for me to see that that I was putting in that all that work I was putting in 110% every single day but I wasn't necessarily seeing those times yeah my coach has always said to me like if you're consistent in training and if you're consistently hitting these paces like you are going to get a PB you are going to improve and the results will come like consistency will lead to results so I mean it was just really hard for me to get my head around that and I've definitely had times where I've struggled and you know I've sat in my coach's office for about four weeks straight and cried every single Friday afternoon so you know it's it's normal for athletes to have those emotions and we put all that pressure on ourselves and you know it's just a way of dealing with it
0: yeah well that's so great your coach seems really supportive um and it definitely helps when a coach when your coach is just backing you all the way and says you know what don't come in and like you you probably felt like you needed that and it's so good to have that reassurance from your coach um that it's okay and stuff um anyway I wanted to ask have you ever had an injury and like how did that affect you if you have
1: so I've actually been super super lucky and I haven't had any major injuries you know I've had a few sore shoulders here and there and I might have to kick for a few sessions but I've never had anything serious but um I think in, in terms of injury, you know, it's just listening to what your physio says, listening to what your coach says. There's no point pushing it. You know, if you're pushing it every single day, it's, it's not going to get better. Um, you need to listen to what they say. You need to do those things at home. You need to do your exercises, your stretches and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I've, I've been super, super lucky that I haven't had an injury. Being a that, swimmer.
0: <laughs> that is so lucky because those band exercises every single like hour is the worst thing ever. I hated it, um, but I posted a TikTok the other, like a few weeks ago and you commented on it. Um, and it was like, just me bawling my eyes out after a race as you do, because mentally it's really hard to go through those ups and downs of swimming well. And um, cause like, obviously we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to swim at our best or like what we, what we think of ourselves. So mentally, do you struggle with the pressures of being like a high level athlete?
1: Um, yeah I think I do and I'm like not afraid to admit that it's a it's a very unique situation that we're put in you know um, comparison is very hard and as an athlete that's what we do we compare ourselves to other people so um, you know we're not only comparing our times but we're comparing how we train what we do in training what we eat like everything you know and being an athlete being a swimmer on pool deck you're in togs all the time you know your body's on display you know there's so many different points of comparison and I've spoken to people that have helped me with that kind of stuff. But yeah, it, it is hard. And, you know, the body image was a big thing for me. Um, like, I really went through hating how my body looked, and I didn't want to go to the pool because I didn't want people to see me in togs. You know, like it, it got to that point where I was really, really struggling with it. And, you know, I, I spoke to a sports psych about it, and they kind of just said to me, Look, are you looking at what the girls on Instagram look like, or are you looking at what athletes look like?
0: Oh my God. Like,
1: oh, wait a second. I'm looking at all these Instagram models, like they can't swim 800 meters freestyle, they can't swim a 1500 freestyle, they can't get in the gym and lift weights, you know. Like, look at what the athletes look like, look at what Katie Ledecky looks like, look at what Ariane looks like, look at what like some of our best female swimmers look like. And it's like, hang on, like they're strong, you know, they're girls and they have muscle, they're really strong girls. And you know, we're just, I'm literally so these
0: Instagram models. <laughs> I'm literally tearing up right now because, like, I just didn't it. like, I go through this all the time with swimming, body image. It's really hard to be on display all the time. And I wasn't going to talk about this with you because, like, I just thought, oh, well, obviously everyone has their struggles. But, I mean, I guess you look at these high-level athletes and just think they've got it all together when, obviously, that just shows that you really don't. And it's hard to live up to the expectation of – being in a swimsuit every day in in front of your friends, in front of other girls, and, I mean, looking around at everyone else and thinking that you're not worthy enough and stuff. So it's really crazy that you say that. (laughs)
1: It kind of breaks my heart that you're getting teary about it. But, yeah, no, like, it, it is. And, like, so many top athletes go through it. I've heard so many stories of athletes going through it. And it is. It's about readjusting your thinking and how you think about what, is a performance body you know we're we're here to perform and we're here to swim fast and we're here to get in the gym and lift weights you know like why are we looking at these tiny stick stick little instagram models because that's not what we want to be we want to be these strong athletic girls and i think it's changing that mindset and so many people that i know have struggled with it as well so many people in my squad so many people in on the team like so many people that I know have gone through the same thing. So I think if you're struggling, open up to about it with a friend, with a coach. And I know it's super hard, but if you don't want to do it face to face, send a text message. Yeah. You know, can you know those things? And you know, the more you talk about it, the more you'll feel better about it for yourself.
0: Yeah. So I I definitely feel like it's it's not really talked about that much amongst girls or even in the swimming community about how hard it is to be in a swimsuit every single day. So. I don't know, it's just crazy that we were talking about that. But yeah, it's definitely not talked about that much around the swimming community about how hard it is on on your bad days. Um, But anyway, completely different topic now. Um, Let's talk a little bit about discipline because obviously you have to create some crazy, crazy discipline skills to be a distance swimmer. It's definitely one of the hardest um, events to do. So how did you create that discipline for yourself?
1: Um, I think it's just about forming really good habits so you know um, you're right distance swimming it is a lot of discipline and oftentimes we get told a set and then we're off swimming by ourselves sticking to rep times while the coach is taking the sprinters and having to time every single thing that they're doing because that's very specific to them and we're doing short rest and you know you've got to know what you're doing you have to stick to the rep times you have to be able to do that by yourself and I think it's just something that I've learned since I was very very young i fortunate to have really good coaches that have really drilled discipline into me and it's something that i stuck through me with through through with me like all the all the way through sorry yeah. I, was, I had a brain fart but um you know um yeah it's just something it's something that you can learn when you're really really young and then you can carry that through and you know it's all about making sure you know the self-talk in your head if the coach gives you something to do it's like if I cheat and do 12 reps instead of 15 reps, like, who is that helping? Absolutely no one. I'm getting nothing out of this. I need to do what's best for me. And who cares if I finish the set last, at least I did everything. Or, you know, who cares if I'm the last one to to finish the dry land exercises, because I know I did all my reps and I know I did them all properly and it's more about doing them properly than it is about doing them fast. Yeah. So, you know, it's, 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 yeah sorry
0: you're
1: going... <laughs> no I was just gonna say it's little things like that that build discipline over time
0: yeah and do you think those like habits that you're building now with discipline has created discipline throughout your life and will take discipline all throughout future and stuff like that
1: yeah no for sure I think like being a swimmer is something that works really well into later life you know we get this discipline and we're hard workers and a lot of people who look at who look when they're hiring for someone you know they see a swimmer and they're like wow like they're disciplined they work hard they know what they're doing and they set goals and they want to achieve them so I think taking that onto your later life whether it's being disciplined with schoolwork and homework and disciplined as to when you're going to get yes. stuff done and setting out your day every single day or discipline with uni work or discipline with going to a job it's definitely something that you can carry on in life.
0: So where do you see yourself in 10 years' time? What's a future career that you would like to go into as well?
1: Um, So I'm currently studying sports science and psychology. So I'd love to end up doing sports sac. That's something that's really interesting to me and really close to my heart. And, you know, I think more and more athletes need to be working alongside sports psychs, And not, not just because they think something's wrong, but because it helps with performance and the performance side of things. And, you know, I'd love to talk to young female athletes and, you know, talk about what I've been through and try to get them in better mind spaces going into meets, whether it is just performance anxiety or the lack of confidence or body image or things like that. I feel like I've had a lot of experience being in sport for so long. So I'd love to do that in 10 years time.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Um, so this is for me. Um, and all the other teenage girls that are listening, what is the best advice you would give your 15 year old self with absolutely anything in life? It can be swimming, anything.
1: Um, I think just relax and enjoy it. Um, you know, keep those good friends around you close. Um, like friendships are going to help you so much in life. You need people to bounce ideas off and people to bounce emotions off, um, Don't don't be afraid of failure. That was a big one for me. Just because you fail at something the first time doesn't mean you're not gonna be good at it. Take a risk, put it out there. But at the end of the day, relax, have fun, and try to take the pressure off yourself. You know, not everything has to be perfect all the time.
0: Ah, that's amazing. Well, Kia, that's it. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so glad you took the time out of your day between sessions. About the only person that has free time during the day is an athlete <laughs> um, but in Sydney we're here in lockdown so I've got free time all the time It sucks but yeah, what can I you feel do you guys oh especially like you were in isolation for two weeks um in the after the Olympics how was that that would have sucked. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Well, it it wasn't too bad. I mean, we got like
1: our, we got fresh air, and we got to go out, and we just got to sit on balconies and kind of see each other from like three or four meters away. So it wasn't too bad. But yeah, I I do feel for you guys down in Sydney. It's been a very very long time, and you know, hopefully you guys aren't in it for too much longer.
0: Well, fingers crossed, we're out soon. But anyway, thank you so much for being on the podcast episode, and see you later. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Teen Talks Reality Podcast. If you guys enjoyed this episode, I'd love to hear your feedback. So DM me on Instagram at Millie Rose and also follow Kian Melverton on Instagram to see her journey with swimming and what she's getting up to as well. Anyway, guys, I hope to see you in another episode. Bye, guys. Stay rosy.